Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Hey, hey, gardening friends, we are all here. Bev Daring, John Glidden, and you're with Ray and Faye. So let's talk gardening, 94841927. And if you'd like to send us an email, that's easy too. Go to gardening at curtainfm.com.au. We do like to answer some of your gardening comments and queries uh, by email as, as well. And a big shout out to... The boys, Alan Simons and Peter Kelly and Jim Crinan, who wrapped up breakfast just now with the cycling update. Thank you very much, boys, uh, in particular, Alan Simons, for always a spectacular breakfast show. Spectacular. I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> spectacular, Alan. <laughs> How are you, Faye? I'm very well. Thank you, Ray. Beautiful day. We've had some lovely days this week. It's been uh getting a little fresh in the evenings, which I absolutely love. And uh, I just think, well, you know, fingers crossed we've breezed through summer. And uh, we, we, I actually had a feeling during the week there was a little bit of autumn tinge one evening. Oh, yes. A yes, you tinge. would be correct. And I thought, oh, I'm loving this because I think the sun is, you know, positioning itself differently and as it goes down in the evenings and I used to be outside till eight and now it's dark at eight so uh, yeah things are changing that's all very subtle uh, but wouldn't it be nice if we don't hit any 40s this year wouldn't that be a rarity well it would be on our gardens and us yeah so and the gardens are looking good and things are banging on a lot of growth because it's ideal growing conditions the cool nights and the early mornings that are quite fresh i even had to layer up the other day i put a jacket on to start gardening this week i haven't gone that far i actually like to feel cold for a period of time (laughs) i uh walk around in you know singlety things so that i can Stay cold. Well, I admit it it didn't last long. I got out there with the barrow and unloaded. You would have warmed uh, up pretty quickly. Some lawn blend and top dress my lawn. Yeah, Mm. yeah, because when you work, you have to work physically very, very hard because you've got such big areas to cover. It's a massive workout. Exactly. My legs are sore. My back hurts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it feels good. Uh, At the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we've got great guests. We always do, but we're chatting to Mandy Ossetton. This morning, she's one of the organisers in conjunction with her husband, Andrew, for the Kalamunda Garden Festival, of which they have a number of events coming up this year. The first one is on March 5 at Sturk Park, and it's uh, going to be an absolute corker of an event. So we're chatting to Mandy at 20 past eight about what you may find and expect to see in the entertainment and, and how much... Uh, effort has gone into this event and it's Phenomenal. just it's going to be uh, huge and not to mention the guest speakers, highly educational as well. I tend to focus on the plants and what I can get, but, you know, it is very educational and we must, uh, you know, carve out the time to uh, listen to the experts. 
that will be giving their time there for free. But we have uh, entry tickets available today. We're giving away 10 doubles this morning. We'll give away five doubles in the first hour and five doubles in the second hour for entry to the Kalamunda Mark Garden Festival. So if you would like to win a double pass, we will mail it to you. Give Bev a call and register your details, 94841927. Okay, so we've got five up for grabs, five doubles this hour, five the next. And one of my faves, five past nine, we're chatting with Steve Falcioni, Marketing Manager of Organic Crop Protectants. Great products. He's also a self-confessed plant addict and he's just returned from an overseas tour by the sounds of things and uh, we'll get to hear all about that. And he's talking about gardens of the world and small space gardening and sustainable gardening. So it'll be an interesting chat. It always is with Steve. He's um, he's uh, he's got a lot of uh, adrenaline going on. That man, yeah. yeah well, he sure does. Remember <laughs> he's the, his up. rooftop garden that was featured I on know. Garden in Australia. I know. So the plant addict. Well, yeah, I can understand. I relate. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be in good company. He will be. Let's go to Byford. Good morning to you, Joy. Good morning. How are you, ladies? Very thank. Very good, thanks, Joy. How can we help That's you? Good. Oh, look, is there any update on this darn chilli thrip? Oh, has it hit you oh, really hard, Joy? I'm just over it. Yep, yep. Mm. Uh, have you done your summer prune? No, I haven't. I did cut some of it back the other day, but not more oh, classed as a prune, I wouldn't think. Okay. So I, back. I would suggest you take back about a quarter of it. That will reduce your infestation and it'll kick the plant on to encouraging new growth, which we kind of don't want with the chilli thrip. But if you keep up with it a bit, if you're home during the day, if you can go out there with a water bottle and squirt around the new growth. Chilli thrips don't like a wet environment. They're looking for a dry environment. So if you change that, they're less likely to hang around. You can, of course, go with uh, chemicals, sprays if you want to yep. go to that extent and rotate them uh, weekly for three weeks and that that could ensure that you have a good uh, outcome for your autumn flush. Okay, so cut off the new growth that has appeared now. Yes, if it's and damaged. And let it regrow. Uh, yes, yes. Okay. So, that, oh. so we're going to get an autumn flush. What you want to do is look after that um, the growth as it comes and yep. moisture, many of us have found if we can spritz our gardens in the daytime, yep. then, then we can to some extent keep it at bay. The other thing that I've found is I've got a lot of little annual plants around the roses, um, things like white alisum and salvias. Yeah, anything yep, that salvias. Right, anything that flowers uh, like an umbrella. So things like parsley, Queen Anne's lace, Achillea or yarrow, these things harbour the good bugs and they yep. can help uh, ward off some of the, the pest species. Okay. Oh, I'm so sick of it. Joy, how many roses have been uh, affected? Uh, well, funnily enough, all of them out the front, which is about 20, yeah. not so much out the back. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Reason. Mm. Mm. So what's oh, going on? What what have you got out the back? Um, well, really, there's more out the front in the garden with the roses than out the back. No, but out the oh, front, okay. I've got uh, salvias and I've got gerberas. 
um, and I've got portulacas and things like that out the front, whereas the back of it's just really a plain garden with a few um, vincas and yeah. Um, yeah, not a lot mixed in with it. Well, Can you get your do you have the time, Joy, to get the hose and really give your roses a good spray a few times each day under and over the leaves? I have, yeah. Mm. I, most days I would have. A couple of days, no, but most mm. days. Mm. And I do water a lot, so it's sort of probably more wettish in my garden than dry because I think I probably overwater. Do, mm. do you do the leaves and everything? Yes, I spray mm. the whole okay, lot. Okay, okay. Yeah. I've just got to the stage that as they die, I, I'm not replacing them yeah, now. Yeah, look. Understood, so understood, Joy. Yeah. And I think some roses are more susceptible definitely, than definitely. others. Like yeah. the white iceberg Floribunda, that just it's powers punch, It through. punches back, yeah. I've got mm. some that are absolutely powering through and others that are impacted, mm. yeah, so and, and not as strong. virtually any summer roses to pick at all. Yeah, They're it's not fair, is it, know? because you no. put in the work all year round and uh, when we want to enjoy them, want to enjoy them, uh, yes. they're taken out. And uh, so yes. it's, it's, we feel like we're fighting a, a battle at the moment with them. But and the I rotation of products is... Sorry? That will come and go. Do you think it'll be something that will come and go or we've stuck with it? I, mm. I think it will sort of even out. Like a few years ago... The potato tomato salad was a big pest, but yep. we virtually don't, don't hear, hear of that of now. now. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's very disheartening, and I've got to the stage now where I just feel like digging the whole lot out. Yeah, and what, what products have you used so far, Joy? Well, I haven't used any chemicals. Okay. I've just yep. been mainly spraying them really hard and cutting them back. Well, then I think the next... Hoping the, they'll go. Yeah, the next, the next option is to try something. I think. Otherwise, yeah, you, otherwise you are you are look, going to lose your roses. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Mm. And what chemical would be the best? Well, people, the, the latest um, information coming through to us is that you need to rotate uh, the products because this little uh, this little critter uh, builds up a very strong defence very quickly. Mm-hmm. But what has been working well for people is Success Ultra. Okay, yeah. and we have a great podcast that Bob Melville gave us a lot of great information about chili thrip. If you can access our podcasts on our website, Joy, if you wanted to sit and have a listen to that. Oh, okay, I will do yeah, that. Sure. You've got nothing to lose, girl. Yeah. No, that's for sure. Yeah, I okay, feel your pain. Thank you so much. Yeah. All, All right. right. Look Good after luck, yourself. Joy. Take care. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And we're going to Dianella. We're saying good morning to Caroline. I was just about to turn the station off. Then, okay, Caroline. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, ladies. How are you all this morning? Very good. Lovely to hear from you, Caroline. (laughs) Thank you. Um, When I won that bigger tree uh, voucher, I bought two uh, citrus. I bought a a lime tree and a lemon tree. They're just little saplings, really, no more than about two foot. Yep. Uh, They've been in the ground and I've been water, water nearly every day. If it's over 30 degrees, when it gets down to like 25 and all that, I let it wait a few days. It's been in there for months and suddenly the lemon trees have just dropped all of its leaves. The little lime tree right next to it is doing fine, but the lemon tree, it's almost down to no leaves at all. Mm. It's only about as thick as a pencil. It's it really, shock, isn't it? It does sound yeah. like shock. Have you fertilised it at all just recently? No, no because I look like something had was doing the leaves and I sprayed it with a citrus spray 
Um, but it was already leaving, losing its legs before that. I got what I did give it with sea salt because I thought it might perk it up, but no, no, no um, fertilizer because I've. I believe you don't give it to them when they're not feeling very well. Well, that that's true. It does sound like shock or a response to an environmental act. So if it was too wet or if it dried out, um, if it was suffering from fertiliser burn, that that's three reasons that could have it dropping its leaves suddenly. Uh, I would check the soil, check the roots, make sure it's not too wet and make sure the water is getting through. If that's all okay, I think the only thing that we can do as gardeners is stand back and say a little prayer and hopefully it will get some new growth. That's what you're going to be looking for. Mm, Yeah, I'm not too sure whether it's going to. What worries me is it's not in the same spot but the same thing happened to that passion fruit. It just slowly died off. Mm. And that's what it looks like happening with a lemon Where, Whereabouts tree. have you put it, Caroline? It's near the back fence. Both of them were on the back fence. Away from the fence because I was going to espaliate them. I put a Leo, ah. yeah, and I, I have stakes. And um, they've, they've been in there for months and they've been really chugging along. And it all happened in one week. And then something happened. It wasn't a hot mm. week, was it? Mm. It was this last gone week. The, la- the last week, did you say? Yeah, yeah, last 10 days. Mm. The last 10 days. I don't think we've had enough hot weather to do anything serious uh, no. un- unless uh, it's reflective heat yeah, from the fence. Yeah, that can do it. Yeah, yeah I, right, okay. Yeah, reflective because the heat weather is... The sun changes in the sky and the sun comes in at different angles. So if it was perhaps getting some filtered light and enough to, um, you know, ease it in and that has suddenly changed and the fence is heating up, then then possibly that's something to consider. Mm, You would have thought the lime tree would have got it because they're side by side. Mm. It's hard to know, um, but it does sound like something has... Happen suddenly to it, yeah. Mm. Some seaweed is helpful. Yeah, too much water. I thought I thought they were voracious water drinkers. They are. They are, but a small plant like that doesn't have a root, a big root system. That's why you have to keep it moist. Depending on what you've prepared the soil with, you know, sometimes a really strong mix Mm. or heavy with clay can hold a lot of water. So if you're giving it a lot of water and and the soil becomes sour and acidic over time because it's too wet, that that is a possibility. If you I think a very big hole and I put stuff in the bottom of it and I use compost through this it's no way it's clay. If anything it's sandy. Okay. It's a very sandy patch. Mm. All right. So well, then so- then I wonder if it's water repellent. Get yourself a moisture meter or dig down and find out if it's moist underneath because our hydrophobic soils can can tend to repel the water. So you can be giving it water, but who knows where the the water goes. It doesn't always get to the plant roots. So check that, Caroline. I will. will. I've got a water meter. I can check that. And report back. Report back, Caroline. Yeah. All right, then. Okay. Thank you. All right. Take take care. 
All right, coming up after the break, we're chatting with Mandy Osserton about the Kalamunda Garden Festival coming up on March 5. 100.1 FM. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Faye. We have Mandy Osserton online. We're talking about the Kalamunda Garden Festival coming up very soon. Mandy, good morning. You're with Ray and Faye. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning, Mandy. And I believe you are live from the Kalamunda Garden uh, Market. Kalamunda, no, Mundaring Mundaring. Farmers Market. Yeah, I'm at the Mundaring Garden Farmers Market this morning. So um, just I've moved away a little bit. So I think you can hear me a bit better. But yes, up here. Oh, my goodness. You are such a busy lady. (laughs) Busy, busy. Yeah, we've got to keep our hands in, in everything and, and see what's going on. And uh, it's a lot of fun and a lot of networking and making new friends. So can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you guys are driven, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell us about this event coming up on March 5. What would our listeners expect to see should they go along? All right, so we have a new format now. So yeah. we are going to be a ticketed entry, but that gives you entry not just into the event, but it also means you get access to all of the guest speakers that we have through the day. Great. Now, that means we've got three locations that are, are scattered through the event, um, and each of them are chopped full with guest speakers that are running uh, back-to-back from 10.15, including, like, Paul West, Trevor Cochran, and, of course, yourself, Bay. Ta-da! Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, and then we've got uh, over 160 stall sites. Now, with that, every single one of those stall sites are filled with gardening-focused stalls. So I think that's one thing that makes this really unique is that everyone is 100% gardening that's coming. So we've got plants, gardening tools, fertilisers, worm farms, pots, aquaponics, bird baths, everything. So much is going to be packed in there. Oh, very exciting. If the last one was anything to go by, Mm. just amazing. And certainly you've put this event on the... The calendar, Mandy, and you have four a year. Yes, we go every season. So um, it has been for the last few years. We've been running it where it's kind of worked around wherever we could fit it in. Um, but we've we've set it so it will now be the first Sunday of every season. So this Perfect. one will be the first Sunday of autumn, and uh, then it'll keep going from there. So you can lock it in your diaries for years to come. Oh, fantastic! Now. Plants are all the rage. Indoor plants. Give us an idea of how many stalls are selling actual plants this year. Oh, far out! I didn't write that number down. <laughs> I do know though. We've got uh, we've got natives. We've got indoors. We've got succulents. We've got edibles galore. Mm. Uh, we've got the the bush food. We've got palms, medicinal herbs, frangipanis, bromeliads. Um, we've got, yeah, if, if all the plants are going to be there, but specifically how many of, of them are coming, a, a vast majority. Let's I, go with that. I <laughs> yeah. looked at the yeah. list and I thought it's too in, many to rattle off. That's impressive, for sure. impressive. Mm. And, of course, here in Perth we hang out for the Perth Garden Festival every year, but what you're actually providing is giving us our uh, quarterly uh, fix. Yeah, fix, <laughs> absolute fix of what we need here in Perth. And I think it will absolutely go off like a cracker for you. And uh, we encourage everyone to get along. Certainly, we will be getting along. And Faye is going to be their guest speaking as well. Cannot wait. And of course, you've got entertainment and uh, obviously food, and people can yeah, grab their absolutely. coffee. So we'll have the, we've got floral stilt walkers and oh. native flower fairies who are going to be fluttering around the event while it's on. 
Um, and then on the stage, we've got Scarlet's Way performing in the morning, followed by uh, the Chris Murphy Trio. Um, food vans galore, coffees, ice creams, all sorts of food. Yeah, it's all going to be happening. And it's uh, from 10 to 3 on Sunday, March 5. That's it. So five um, and action packed. Yeah, sorry, I was going to say you can pre-order your tickets as well. So the pre-ordering of the tickets um, will put you into the draw to win a garden consult from Sabrina Hahn as well as a plant pack from Calamander Plant Company. So the pre-ordering also gives us a, a good gauge of numbers on who's going to be attending. So we, we do like those who pre-order, but um, there will be tickets available at the door as well. At the gate, okay. Yeah. And, they, and to pre-order, they just go to your website, do they? Yeah, so on the website, calamandagardenfestival.com.au, as easy. well as on all of the social posts on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Calamander Garden Festival, we have the link in there to take you to where you can buy your tickets. Okay, and for those that aren't on the internet, of which there are still quite many out there, they can literally just come to the gates. And uh, and, I, and I was looking at it actually last night. The entry fees are very reasonable and there is a concession entry fee. Uh, as well for our seniors, it's all very reasonable. Uh, no, nothing scary there. And of course, that money goes for to help you guys set up this event. You need to be able to cover your costs, which are Absolutely. you know extraordinary. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you can understand, especially with, uh, with, with bringing in so many things from from everywhere around Australia. Yeah. It's the, the prices add up. So yeah, it sure. was one way that we could make it sustainable. Exactly. Yeah, you you have to you have to do that. And as I say, it's all very reasonable. If Faye wants to say something, well, I just remember. At the last event, of course, when you've got music, there were people actually dancing there as well, Mandy. So there's room for dancers to come along, line dancers or Faye whoever. Is there, yeah, kicking yeah, up her well, heels. The, <laughs> the entertainment, I mean, we, we love the music and, and um, it definitely helps with bringing a, a different vibe to the place. So we love the music and we always make sure there's room there to, to kind of kind of kick off your shoes and have a dance as well if that's what you choose um, but there's plenty of seating around if you want to just sit down and listen to it as well yeah yeah and so the markets you're at today uh what goes on there so i'm at the Mundaring garden and farmers market right. so we are up on um jacoby street in in Mundaring. it is a farmer's market but there's plenty of stalls here that mm. are gardening focused as well um uh, including some of the, a lot of them actually, because there's quite a few who will also be at the garden festival. Yeah. So we've got like like tree rings are, are here today, and ah yes, yes, um, and Kerry's garden and made for the earth. So yeah, so there's a lot of these guys that will come over and, and see us on March 5th as well. Oh, I love markets, absolutely love them. And thank you for the giveaways. We're giving away uh, some double passes to uh, the event coming up on March 5 uh, to our listeners today. And also next week we'll be giving uh, 10 doubles away as well. So thank you for supporting us. And, uh, yeah, we'll be encouraging uh, Curtain Radio listeners to get along and check this event out. Good luck with it. Uh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And I look forward to seeing you there. You shall. Take care. We, we do too, Mandy. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye. Have a great Cheers. day. You too. And that was Mandy Osserton uh, talking about the Kalamunda Garden Festival. So full of energy. I don't know. I, I, want, I want some of what she's on, actually. I thought that as soon as she, I opened up the line and she started speaking, I thought I, I could do with a little bit of that. <laughs> I know. Well, they kicked off this event in 2018, Ray, yeah. and they've been running them consecutively 
Uh, we're now up to number 16. Kudos to them. So, and it's building mm. and it's getting bigger and bigger. Oh, and as I say, I think phenomenal. gardening here in Perth has uh, grown exponentially and we need these events and we support these events mm. and we love it. Well, during COVID, they couldn't yeah, have the physical right. set up, but they yeah. went online with Zoom. And of course, Costa joined in that's and right. it wasn't long before he kicked off his heels, got on a plane and came over here for yeah, for yeah, that event. It was uh, wonderful. Mm. All right, we're in Colm Scott. Brenda, hello. Hello. Hi, Brenda. How are you doing? Oh, <laughs> well, a bit confused. I've got a grapevine that's around my pagoda and it's gone absolutely mad and I've had all the grapes off, loads of grapes. And um, when do you prune it back? Well, <laughs> you could you could thin it now just to keep it tidy, but the main pruning is done after it's lost all its leaves in winter time. Oh, right. You wait till the leaves have dropped, do you? Yes, because the sap is rising, but you can thin it now. Oh, right. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye, Bye. Brenda. And we do have some winners for our double passes to the Kellamunda Garden Festival. We have Chris from Duncraig, Nissa from Rolly Stone, Jeannie from Beachborough and Kath from Yanship. So that tells me that we still have one double pass uh, available. If you would like to go along, you just heard all about it, the Kalamunda Garden Festival, March 5. Give Bev a call, 948. Oh, too late, Ray. Oh, it's gone. Okay, Gary <laughs> Gary and Glenn Forrest is winner number five. So, okay, so this hour uh, the tickets have been taken. We will give... Uh, five more doubles away in the next hour as well as our bigger trees voucher at some point so stay tuned now we do have some emails Faye and we encourage calls 94841927 yes we do have some emails have come in Ray this one comes from Jess and she says hello lovely ladies she has a show discussion request hoping that we might be able to arrange some information or a guest speaker Mm. on pruning natives yeah she's fairly new to natives and some of them are looking quite straggly I have no idea how to go about pruning them crepe myrtles and buddleias which I know you're going to tell me are not technically natives but I'll put them in the same bracket (laughs) So that, that I know. throws the cat amongst the I read the that, pigeons. actually, and <laughs> smiled, yeah. yeah. Well, with the, the weather forecast mm. of getting up to 35, we do mm. be very careful. If we get another mm. burst of hot weather, mm. then your new pruning encourages new growth, mm. which can burn easily in hot sun. Very much so. But I must admit, I did get pruning this week taking advantage of the milder weather and just tidying things up. Yeah, Certainly hedges, not going crazy. Hedges mm, that have mm. been there for a long time, uh, the Grevillea olivaceae, you can just about prune that or trim it at any time. Um, and particularly if it's got a canopy of trees, you get a little bit of protection from that. Uh, bay tree hedge, lavenders, rosemary, all these things respond very well to a light pruning. Daisies, if they're looking ratty, mm. just to deadhead them. Mm. Certainly go round and deadhead at any time. When the flowers are spent, cut them off with a pair of secateurs. Yeah. And I know we often don't feel like gardeners when the temperatures are in the 30 degrees. Yeah. So go out with a bucket, secateurs, make sure you've got closed-in shoes because yeah. that's when accidents will otherwise happen, and just do 15 minutes in a patch. But also throw on some slow-release slow fertiliser because things are actually growing right sure. now mm. and use your wetting agents. Yeah. Go through your, your pantry cupboards, your outdoor sheds and whatnot 
and see what you've got. Sitting there. Use up what you've got. It's going to work better on the garden. Mm, then in your shed. Yeah. <laughs> and give the soil a tickle. Yeah. Um, because you want to break that surface tension mm, and let the water mm, go in. Mm. This is often what, what we have problems with at this time of year. The water starts to run off. Mm. If you've got a, a compost bin or a worm farm, if you've got old product that's looking really daggy, blood and bone got a bit moist, chuck it in your compost bin, Absolutely. turn it over, yeah. and that will value add. And you can put that on your, mm. your gardens Give it a tickle around your fruit trees or shrubs yeah. and your garden will love it. Yeah, absolutely. Good comments. Uh, we're heading to Waterman Bay in just a moment. We're going to be chatting uh, with Janice and also at five past nine, Steve Falcioni, a good friend of ours, resides in Sydney, uh, marketing manager of organic crop protectants, other really comes under the label of eco. So we often yes. refer to these uh, products uh, in the garden. Eco Neem particular is mm. one of my, my go-tos because their products are uh, beneficial organic. insect attracting yeah and Not this is important this everything is important. else in the environment yeah exactly mm. all right we're go- Ray, oh. I, can i just say for jess i have uh, begun contacting someone who will talk on natives yes but to prune back uh, things like gelatin wax you could take them back about a quarter at this time of year and that will get them ready for their winter flowering. And so, so when do you envision on. having someone? Well, I'm just waiting for a reply. Okay, I okay. have put the feelers out a couple okay, of times. Yeah. So we'll it, get it takes time to get people. It does, but people mm. are very busy. Uh, mm. But it's a good discussion. And, oh, uh, absolutely. We, we will have it. Yep. Yeah, our subjects are many and varied. <laughs> a bit like ourselves, mate. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Waterman Bay, a beautiful part of the world. Janice, good morning. Good morning, Faye and Ray. Um, I have two problems. Um, well, not problems, just two issues. My husband came home on Friday after a little men's group meeting with some cuttings of a citrus tree that I'm very keen to graft onto a, a tree that is really not doing anything in that it's a citrus in a pot that I bought off Gumtree and unfortunately the fruit is horrible, but it's very, very strong I have tried grafting it before and I failed miserably. Mm. I want to have another go because at it because the, my husband came home with all these cuttings from a friend's um, citrus, which is beautiful. But I'm worried about the week ahead and the and the temperatures. So I'm thinking, what am I going to do with these cuttings? Should I try it and see if it works, or should I put them in a fridge or and wait yeah. till it cools down a bit, or what should I do? So did you say? The, the root stock, the plant that you want to graft onto is in a pot? It is in a pot, but okay. it's huge. Mm. Um, it, I've already absolutely slaughtered this before, this root stock before, and tried grafting at the beginning of summer. And unfortunately, I put so many grafts on. I put uh, bud grafts and I put stem grafts on all the stems and, and every one of them failed. Um, so I'm wanting now just to do the stems with the the pencil shapes, you know, the, the yes. stem one that I've read up about. But I'm very worried that, you know, it's too hot. Um, I could could perhaps get my husband to move it into a shaded position. Would you suggest that I go ahead with it and try it? Or well, I, would be- I would because I know that the citrus are growing now and That's with the right. nighttime temperatures being as they are, things are on the move. Um, and so what I'm thinking, wrap 
half up in newspaper, put it in the fridge, and try the other half. Good idea. Yes. And okay. then I'll do that. The uh, shade is a good idea. If he can't move the pot, then get some like fencing wire and put shade cloth over it. Um, okay. So that it's got some some protection and shade. Shade cloth is just magic. Like if you had a shade house, I'd say sure. move the pot into the shade house. Yeah, no, I don't have one, but he, I will get him busy. That's great. Thank you for that. I, I, I'll do that. I'll, I'll save half of it in, in case it doesn't work. All right. Now, the other question I have is my daughter has purchased a house about five years ago with a huge Norfolk, 30-metre-high Norfolk Island pine in the front garden, which is, yeah. which is beautiful, mm. but it is uplifting the neighbour's driveway. Or mm. it's, not, it's not into a carport. It's just a driveway on the side, but he's, she's worried about it. And also it's drops these great big nuts on the neighbours more than on her property. Um, it's not that close to the fence, but it's huge, and you know how yep. big they get. Mm. So she's going to have to remove it. Mm. And she's been saying to me, it's you know going to cost about $4,000, but yeah. she's going to have to remove it uh, and wants to know what she can put in its place, um, something nice and tall and slender that's not going to be invasive. Can you give me any ideas of what you – it's – quite decorative because it would need to be in the front it's in the front yard so mm. what would you suggest well well before that happens there's a fair bit of work to do in the ground to grind uh-huh. out the stump like that is going to be a huge task so right. uh, i i don't know how much of that stump and root system you can actually get out to make way uh-huh for a, a tree to be successful in the same space. Uh, I think it might be best to come back to us when the job is done and see what you're left with because, the, you know, that's a lot of wood. It, it'll be wood in the ground. It's hard and a stump grinder's going to have a big job. I mean, it's not just a stump. You've got to get the roots out. Sure, sure. Okay, good good advice. Yes, it is. It's going to be a massive job. Um, mm. Very badly planted um, a long time ago. Beautiful yeah, tree, but yeah. wrong place. But narrow, okay, tall trees. Um, your ornamental pears yeah. spring to mind. Ornamental pears spring spring to my mind straight away. Something narrow, not invasive, uh, tall. Crimson spire is one of my favourites. That's a really good value tree. Uh, what is it? Crim- crimson crimson what, spire. S p i r e. Yes. That's a, a burgundy okay. foliage as well. Uh, there's lots right. of those beautiful tall uh, trees around. But as I think, I, I certainly agree with what Faye is saying. See what you've got to do, to work with. Call us back when you're ready. But good luck with uh, getting mm. that big baby out. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. just be mindful yeah. that any mm. tree going into any space needs room to grow. You know, I remember mm. years ago, Someone was asking my advice. They'd planted something and it wasn't doing well. And and I started asking questions about why. Well, they had a fig tree there that they'd cut down and they they virtually planted this tree in the same space. So the roots hadn't been removed and they wondered why it wasn't doing well. So it's, it's a big consideration. Apart from grinding down the stump, will they need to try and remove the roots? I mean, yes. uh, how are they going to do that? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> um, excavators. So if, um, yeah, it's, 
it's a huge job. It sounds huge. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, I, I don't know that you will be able to make way for another tree in its place in in the early okay. future. Okay, all right. That will be very disappointing to her, but that such is the case. Yes. Okay, thank you very much for your help. Thanks, okay. Janice. Bye, Janice. Interesting call, and there will be other options, but of course, a big healthy tree of that size, the root system will be. Um, it's like very an iceberg, right? Yeah. You know, what you see above is only the is tip. <laughs> also going to go below. Yeah. And so we're talking, uh, it's quite easy to cut above ground. Absolutely. Because you can see what you're doing, but yeah, where you task. have to cut below, mm. you, need, you need to get machinery in there, yeah. you need. Um, chainsaw you mm. don't chainsaw into sand mm. uh, so having access to an area like if they're cutting out or digging out a stump mm. and we are talking a big stump there's mm. a lot of hand digging you dig around roots sometimes the roots can actually be harder than the timber above the ground mm. trust me I know we've we've oh, yeah. we've got gum trees I know. Yeah. and you yeah you can't always just Take out one and put in another. It's no, it's not that, not that easy at all. Okay, we will return shortly. Curtain Radio. You're with Ray and Faye. We're going straight back out to the lines. We're in Willoughby, and Alex has some information for us about the Norfolk Pine removal. Alex, thanks for calling in. Hi. Yes, no problem. Um, so I was just listening to the lady and about her predicament with the Norfolk Pine yeah. and. Um, actually, I had a huge Norfolk pine and I had some, and Arborist actually came over. She popped a note in my letterbox and she um, basically ended up buying the Norfolk pine. So they use them for developments, right. for property developments. So I would recommend that she gets in contact with um, some arborists and see whether there is any development happening, whether they are searching for Norfolk pines and they will actually pay you for it and then they'll do all the work. And they oh, my goodness. <laughs> That, over a period of months. So well, instead of forking out the money, she might make the money. <laughs> well, not to mention they will take a, a more of the root than yeah, um, exactly. a yeah. stump grinder or tree removal. Someone has just killed, mm. you know, getting rid of the tree. So, Alex, what we might do is I'll send give you back to Bev. Would you be able to provide those details should our previous uh, caller be listening? Sure, no problem. Yeah, yeah, that's excellent information and really interesting. Yeah, that, thank that... you for sharing. How big was your Norfolk pine? Ooh, um, I can't remember. It was, I would say, um, a good 8 to 10 metres. Hmm. And so they transplant it pretty, well. It was pretty big. It did, it did, yeah. It took a period of about 8 to 10 months, I think. They had mm. to get it ready um, and get the root system ready. And then they also had to wait for when the developers were ready to, to have it. Um, but I, I wasn't in a rush and, um, you know, it was no issue for me, but it was great to get a check in the post. Good grief. So much <laughs> work too. So I mean, talk about win-win. All right, I'll put you back to Bev and if you could leave your details, Alex, in case our previous lady uh, is listening and she might like to make contact with you. Will do. No problem. All right, good lady. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Cheers. Thank Thanks, Alex. Bye. It is very interesting how, well, one person's trash is another person's <laughs> yeah, treasure, so yeah. to speak. But there are certainly desirable plants out there. I know on Facebook Marketplace we see people offering cocos palms. Oh, um, they're not my face. You know, $100 yeah. and yeah. you dig. You dig. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did once transplant a cocos not, palm and it, yeah. it did settle in quite did okay. It, 
so it's interesting what can can be moved around and certainly for commercial developments where mm. you know an established tree we know adds value to properties uh there are people out there that do it but 30 meters oh, i don't know i know a 30 meter tree is, is enormous and oh. uh, i wonder about its uh transplanting and and do you want to put that issue problem somewhere else it all depends on the development well, I don't yes, know. It does I don't know. The, the jury's out. But the right tree for the right place for sure. This is key, and that mm. certainly applies to our verge trees throughout the community. Well, yeah. when you've got a tree that's thirty meters tall, you need to have enough roots to anchor it. Yeah. So what Alex Can was you talking about, yeah. they they start digging well ahead of time. Mm. They dig out. Uh, if you imagine a circle around the drip zone, mm. cutting it into eight. And then taking out every second uh, eighth, and then backfilling it so that you get new roots growing into that space. Yeah. But anchoring a tree that tall, like you imagine the sort of stakes you would have to have the equipment to hold required. it, the sway factor up the top. Yeah, enormous. Very mm. interesting. Okay, now we do have some calls coming through, but I thought we might crack on with another email. Okie doke. This has come in from Gay and she says orchid diseases. Some of my orchids have brown spots on their leaves. I usually cut them off, but what can I spray them with? Um, now, it was quite interesting because I had a lot of brown spots on leaves on one of my cymbidium orchids. Mm. And after having Bruce in last week, I I got myself a, a nice mix. I used an orchid bark mix. I added some perlite and I also added some blood and bone and dolomite lime and slow release fertilizer for orchids. So I mixed all that up and I took the root system out of the pot and just potted it onto the next size pot. But what I actually found was a lot of the roots had died and a lot of the mix had broken down. So it was all mushy. And I, I knew instantly how acidic that would be because Bruce had talked about adding dolomite lime to sweeten the mix because ageing mix turns acidic. So I repotted it. But, yeah, interesting that the roots, of course, tell us what's happening in the leaves. Exactly. And actually, if I head to that fair that's on today, I will grab some orchid mix while I'm there. Very that's, good. Yeah. Well, uh, Gay's asking, what fertiliser do I use? Uh, one of the ones that I would add to the top of a pot right now would be strike back for orchids. Yeah. Uh, another one is just a slow release, mm -hmm. um, controlled release like Osmocote yeah. or yeah. something along Excellent. those lines. Excellent. And I put that into the mix. When you buy these premium potting mixes, they've got some, but I always add an extra add handful mm, uh, yeah. because it's the one chance you get. If you don't get back with a liquid, you know that you've done something yeah. and you know that you've done the right something. Yeah, yeah, no, good good advice. Okay, look, we do have to have a uh, short break. John, uh, we will be with you after this. Appreciate your company this morning. We're going straight out to the lines. We are in Morley. John, thanks for waiting. Good morning, John. Oh, it's all very quiet, right? Yeah. John, Are you hello. there, John? No, the line's quite, open. It's just but, us. Yeah. <laughs> of 
crickets. Okay. All right. What we'll do is hopefully John will uh, call us back, hopefully. Okay. I might have to hang up from there, obviously. Mm. Sorry about that, folks. Yeah. We'll just carry on with the sure. emails. And uh, we've had a couple about passion fruit. So yes. Jan and Lou have an amazing passion fruit. Mm-hmm. It, oh, how many? It's about eight fencing panels long, long at least. Mm. And it is strong and lush. Mm. Uh, it's been producing a substantial amount of fruit. The vine is two years old. The fence is about... 13 metres in length. It is going Off. gangbusters. Yeah. It was a sunshine yeah. special, yeah. has grown rapidly, um, and it's producing flowers and more fruit even in the hot summer. How can we keep it contained? Well, what we generally do is prune back by about a third in in springtime when the um, growth is about to start coming. And then when we see the first sign of flowers, we give it potash to boost its flowering. So they want to know how to keep it contained, keep it in check. Uh, Is there a best time to prune it? We're reluctant to harm the passion fruit vine so it doesn't fruit next year. Well, unfortunately, the news about passion fruit is they often are only short-lived. So you might only get four years about it. Mm out of it um so i would uh consider planting another vine if you want to keep yourself in passion fruit because it it might go into decline after such a a bumper crop Mm. um and feed it well crikey whatever you're doing is working very well but slow release fertilizer uh something to help the soil keep it well fed and well mulched and well watered Perfect. Mm, Perfect. Amazing. Amazing. All right, let's head to Dudley Park. Kareth, hello. Good Good morning. morning. Good morning, Faye. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. How can we help you? I have a tree that's called a Magnifica. Yes. I don't know what else it's called, but it's probably about house roof height at the moment. Six years ago when we brought it home, it was in full bloom, absolutely covered in bloom. Ever since then, I've been lucky to get half a dozen tiny wee flowers on it. It comes up really green with the leaves and everything, but the leaves drop and then I might just get a sprinkling of flowers on this huge tree. What am I doing wrong? Mm, okay. Mm. So it was a, you bought it flowering and now it's not. Um, is, yep. did, uh, what's the foliage like? Uh, very green and very lush. Well, that could indicate that it's getting a lot of nitrogen. So this is where specific fertilisers play a big part because you have probably often heard me say, use a fertiliser, controlled release fertiliser for flowering and fruiting plants. And the reason that we say that is because we're looking for a balanced ratio of M, P and K. Everything that the plant needs for leaf growth, root growth and flowering ability. If you use something like, uh, for example, a lawn fertiliser, we all want lush green lawns. So that's more nitrogen based. It'll give you a lush green leaf but not the not what the flowers need or nothing to boost the flowers. So if um, 
yeah, if you've used a fertiliser that's not quite right, that could be the cause. And you, you could have really good healthy growth. You could be using manures and uh, blood and bone and compost and mulches and giving it all the water it needs, but it's not got the potash to encourage the flowering or it's not getting enough sun. Right, and you've, you've hit it on the head there. We have been putting in previous years the MPK down. Uh, well, that... With lawn there and on that. So that's probably getting the green but not the flowers. Well, NPK is balanced, but you you need something for flowering and fruiting plants. Um, you okay. could give it some potash. I'm not sure what the Magnifica is. That's probably only... Yes, I'm thinking, um, I'm just having a look here, Kareth. Is it a flowering peach? It could possibly because be. Because they only flower very briefly once a year. Yes, correct. Yes. I have one, yeah. Well... Oh, you? And your, yours flower? Yeah. So, yeah. So after, after it come out of dormancy, it goes so into flower. you can do a summer prune now to tidy it up. You can also do... Uh, yeah, I would do a summer prune now. And then when it puts out new growth, um, maybe don't cut it back in winter because you don't want to be cutting off any of the flowering buds. Okay. All right, I'll go and get some of that fertiliser then. Okay. All Lovely. right. Thanks, ladies. Have a good day. Send you us too. a photo if you can. It would be yeah. good to see what, what it is. Yeah. All right, I'll do that. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Kareth. Okay, okay, cheers. Thanks for the call. Bye. Because I'm just having a look, and there is a Grevillea Magnifica, but I don't think it sounded like that. Mm. But if it's the other, then, yeah. Um, I have I have similar. Mine's a weeping mm. peach, and uh, mine's looking fabulous at the moment, I must say. It's put on a lot of healthy growth. But wouldn't be flowering now. No, no, it's mm. flowered. It's had its thing, yep. and they're short. It's only short flowering. Yep. Uh, that's the problem with these ornamentals. And often, if we want more flowers, then pruning can help too. Yeah. Because yeah. then you get more growth, and um, for each stem, that becomes two or more. Mm-hmm. So for things like azaleas, um, they're starting to produce their, their flowering buds at this time of year. So we wouldn't do a big cutback now. Same no, with camellias. No. They're getting ready yeah. now. Yeah. All our trimming should have been done. done. For winter flowering, like I said, the gelatin wax, trim them by a quarter, encourage some new growth, and then they'll flower around winter, spring. Mm. Um, and, it, and you've got to keep your plants tidy. Yeah. So... You don't wait until they're too overgrown past their use-by date to start cutting back because it's not going often, to have a good often plants mm. don't come back from That's woody right. growth. Yeah. They look sticky and yeah. messy. You are so right. You are so right. Okay. We are heading to the 9 o'clock news in just a few seconds. On the other side of the news, we're chatting to Steve Falcioni. He's the marketing manager of Organic Prop. Crop protectors. We're going to hear all about uh, a wonderful cruise that he's just been on and what he saw. So we are armchair travellers and very, very envious. Okay, it's currently 25 degrees at the moment and we are heading for a maximum today of 34. Obviously a very sunny minimum overnight, 19. Sunny tomorrow and a maximum of 33 for Sunday and a maximum of 35 on Monday. Then on Tuesday dropping down to 31 and down back into the 20s come Thursday and Friday. So as you can tell, I've read the... Uh, 
forecast without really having any forecast in my hand. Thanks, John. <laughs> so we get talking in our breaks and we get a little bit carried away with ourselves. But uh, currently 25 degrees right now with a humidity of 48. So a warm one today and tomorrow and certainly Monday. Okay, fair caro. Shall we go out to the lines? We shall do. We're visiting Brentwood. Debbie, good morning. Oh, hello. How are you? Good, good thank thanks, you. Debbie. How are you? Now, I've got a question. Um, in my my garden at my husband's house, where I don't live anymore, he has a gardenia thunbergia. Yes. And yep. I want to know if I can take a cutting from it and grow one myself because it's absolutely beautiful. Hmm. Uh, do you know the plant? I do know the plant, yes. It oh, beautiful fragrance, large. Mm. Yeah, but only uh, flowers for a day. It it bursts into flower all in one go and then the flowers are there for one or two days. You get this beautiful perfume, amazing perfume, and then they all just drop off. But does it produce more after that, Debbie? Yeah, it, it flowers two or three or four times a year. Yeah. Just in one big burst. Oh, okay. Of one day. Mm. Oh, no. One See, I'm not happy with that. I'm very greedy. I need I need consecutive days of flowering. Mm. I know that the gardenia <laughs> flower is very short-lived, but I want more. Yeah, but yeah. it's worth it just for the perfume. The yeah. Perfume is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Perfume. Yeah. Well, the, the cuttings can be taken at any time of the year, but best results can be obtained in summer. Okay. Yep, and Uh it's easily propagated from seed too. But if the flowers only hang on the tree for a day, then Mm. I I wonder if you would actually be able to get seed from it. Mm. Hmm. I'd rather get, get, um, you know, take a cutting and try and grow it that way. Yep, well, now's the time to do it. But now's a good time to do it? It is, yep. Okay. Do you know if the plant itself is readily available in Perth? Oh, I don't know. We could perhaps uh, get John to have a little look around for us. Mm. So the Gardenia Thunbergia. Yeah. Mm. Wherever I've gone looking at plants, I've always looked for it and never been able to find one. Find that particular one, that variety. And you'll find that they will probably only be available when they're in flower. That's sure. That's often, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When nurseries will stock them when they're looking at their best. Sure. All right. Well, we'll uh, get John onto that, onto a little bit of detective work, and see what we can come up with for you, Debbie. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Bye. All right. Now I we think we do have yes, we've got Steve online. John Morley is ringing from Morley is ringing back. So we'll chat to John on the other side. Steve, good morning. You're with Ray and Faye. Lovely to be chatting with you. Hello, Steve. Oh, hi, ladies. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. We're a bit like that this morning ourselves. How are you? Oh, what a start. Um, yes, I'm great. Thank you. How are yourself? Haven't spoken to you for a while now. It, it has been a while. Welcome back to the yeah. the land of milk and honey. Milk and honey, hey. <laughs> oh, so, Steve, you've just returned from an amazing uh, cruise on the high seas as a guest speaker, cruise speaker. 
Yeah, and it, it was amazing. So I was on Cunard's Queen Elizabeth, which Ooh. is a massive ship. Mm. Yeah, and very, very flash. Yes. Uh, so it was it was pretty extraordinary. It holds um, two thousand guests. Nice. And then they have about a thousand staff. So you can imagine just sort of how much attention you get with that many Love people it. around. Love <laughs> it. Yeah. It was like, yes, sir. Can we help you, sir? Yeah. Like, oh, this is a bit weird. Yeah. And where where did you where did you go? Uh, it left from Melbourne. Yeah. And then it pulled into Adelaide. Uh, what was it Hobart, then Port Arthur, and then back to Melbourne. Oh, how nice! Yeah. And was yeah. it a garden a garden tour? Yes, it was a gardening themed voyage. So when we had the days at sea, there were speakers like myself, uh, Graham Ross, Jamie Jury, Angus Stewart. Good grief. Uh, people from, yeah, I know, amazing lineup. Uh, some people from Better Homes and Gardens magazine as well. Uh, so there were talks, there were Q&A panel sessions, there were some little kind of crafty classes. I made the most amazing mug. <laughs> I know, this is random. It's like a mug, and then you, you had these special textures and this machine called um, uh, Crycut, and that's like the brand of the company or whatever. And you colour in, and the textures then um, are sort of imprint onto the mug. So I got this mug with little flowers on it. So, so cool. Well, you better oh, send so us clever. a photo. I want a photo I've of se- that. I've seen it. Oh. It's probably on his Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No. I, did, I did post a picture with it because I couldn't help showing it off. Love a little bit of craft especially if it's got a horticultural angle. And so, Steve, what have you been up to anyway? I know you're always busy. Oh, um, so the, the cruise was a pretty big part of things because uh, yeah. obviously I was speaking, so I had to sort of prepare my talks and also get a little bit stressed. I, I was nervous whether people would show up for my talks. Yeah, <laughs> there's always that pressure, isn't there? Yeah, well, the thing is real. Speaking, yeah. yeah, it holds 900 people. And I was like, oh, my God, what if I get there and there's... Nine people, people. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what happened, so, Steve? I it bet it was full. a full house. It was full. And mm. I, I was the very first speaker. And so after that, I was like, yes, pressure's off. Mm. <laughs> so, what did you talk and, about? What were your chats about? Uh, so I did small space gardening, which yeah. was... You know, how to have success when growing in pots and in yeah. sort of balconies and courtyards primarily because that's a pretty big topic these days. With a lot Absolutely, of people, yeah. Yeah, downsizing or or maybe gardening for the first time because and they're in an apartment and they sort of struggle to have success. So I kind of ran through what I thought what I sort of labelled was like my sort of six sort of steps to success. Um, as well as then showing pictures of my gardens because I've been in balcony in like balcony gardening for what oh, fifteen years now. Steve, um, would you like to quickly tell us what six those steps. six steps yeah, are? Yeah, we're just oh, hanging on yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Was that a tease? And then I yes, exactly. Yeah. Give it feed us some information. <laughs> okay. Um, now these are basic things that you'll go. Yeah. 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 Of course. But I kind of thought maybe not everyone thinks of them. So one is understanding your space. Mm. So, you know, taking a look at what happens with the sunlight and the shade and the wind. Very important. And, mm. Yeah, where are the drainage holes? Uh, where's your aircon outlet unit? Uh, yes. where, where might you want a uh, barbecue? So just thinking about how the space works before mm. you rush in and fill it with plants. Yes. Um, then thinking about the pots. So as a general mantra, I kind of go, the bigger the pot, the better, because 
you know, bigger root ball and better chance for success with the plant. But it is a trade-off with, you know, how do you want to use your space again, how much money you've got, what kind of look you want, Mm. what kind of plants you're going to be growing. So thinking about that and spending your money wisely. Potting mix is the other one. Um, And my general thing is the, the more you spend on potting mix, the better you get. And I know that's, you know, broad brush strokes here, but cheap potting mixes are a recipe for disaster. I think. Yes. So, yeah, spend the money on good quality potting mix that suits the plant types you're growing. Uh, correct plant choices. So that's a bit about the right plant for your climate, but the right plant for your situation, your um, ability to give it attention. So if it's something that's a really needy plant and you don't want to spend a lot of time looking after it, don't get it. That's right. So the right, the right plant for the right time of year. So don't rush out and buy those tomatoes at the end of summer yeah. if you're in a you know an area that has a, you know a cold autumn you're not going to get any fruit out of it so thinking about that um, and then give them a bit of love and so that's just the basics of you know regular attention with watering and feeding pruning keeping things tidy and looking nice so your space is enjoyable and that the plants look good and then my last thing no surprise here but um, if you have pest and disease problems, to treat early with organic solutions. Excellent. Well, it, it's all common sense, isn't it? But like you say, if people are gardening for the first time, um, they they need to know those things. And even for us long-term gardeners, we sometimes Needs have to, be to remind ourselves. Yeah, Particularly yeah. you buy something because you like the look of it, but the reality is you take your eye off the ball and a plant that mm-hmm. needs a lot of attention can deteriorate pretty quickly if you don't give it that so steve you you are a plant addict and of course at the moment all the rage is indoor plants i know and i'm i'm guilty of that as well so i've my latest little thing is have you guys come across moss poles yes oh yes (laughs) yeah 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 so I discovered this guy online. I mean, there's probably hundreds of people doing it, but this guy mm. who's Sydney-based and he's got the most amazing lush indoor plants all growing up moss poles. Yeah. So, of course, I went out and I made myself some moss poles and I, yeah. I've got my little monsteras and philodendrons and whatnot all at the base of them and I'm eagerly watching them grow up the poles. They love a pole so, to run up, So don't they? moss poles, mm. of course, are different to coir poles. Yes. So yes. have you made your own moss pole? I have, yes. So um, I use uh, a wire mesh. Mm-hmm. It is about a one centimetre diameter kind of grid. Mm-hmm. And the, the wire structure is coated in plastic, so mm-hmm. it doesn't, um, doesn't uh, rust, but it's quite strong. So um, it allows when the plant grows, hopefully, you know, when they get big and, and weighty, mm. the pole will hold them up nicely. And it's filled with sphagnum moss. Yes. Um, yeah. And the beauty of the sphagnum moss is it's really good for holding moisture. And is that where you put your moisture for the plant? Yeah, I get a like a small sort of water bottle and yeah. I've drilled some holes in the lid and then I invert it, I can fill it with water, invert it upside down and stick it on the top of the pole and it drips down slowly over on like 10 yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty yeah. nifty, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I don't actually water the plant at the base of the pot. Yes, I um, hear this a lot. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I did when the plant was was super young mm. and it hadn't started growing up into the moss. But now that they're 
you know, um, they range, some are only about 15 centimetres high at the moss, others are almost to the top. Um, and they've got roots pushing through into the moss itself, a bit of, sort of like how they would grow in the wild, you know, mm. climbing up a tree, sending out their roots. And do you, do you mist your plants? Some? I, I don't. Mm. Uh, one, because you know, I'm a bit lazy mm. And, mm. and I'm kind of like, oh, you know what? If it needs that much attention, too hard. I just mm. sort of. I mean, look, I'm mm. guilty of buying something every now and again that I'm, I'll give a lot of love to. But for these guys, I mm. thought, no, they need to survive um, just with what I'm going to give them. My only little caveat is I am in Sydney, and so Sydney is humid. Yes, I was uh, just thinking that. Mm. Yeah, mm. So different, different climates. Yeah, but I have intentionally chosen plants that supposedly aren't that fussy from a yeah. humidity perspective. Yeah, okay. Do you have any favourites? <laughs> um, yes, uh, I do love, there's one that I've got, Monstera dubia. Yes, I know that one. Yeah, I love how the juvenile leaves sort of are so flat yes, the way they, yes. they grow. Like shingle-like, really shingle-like. Yes, yeah, that's a much better description. Yeah. But as they as they get bigger and start producing mature leaves, mm. they, they really change. They become mm. really large mm. and they, they stop being shingle-like and, and flattened and they'll come out off the pole. So yeah. I'm looking forward to them changing. Uh, the other one that I like is... Um, uh, glory, glory, what is it? Gloriosum? Not not osum. Um, it's a hybrid between gloriosum and one of the others. I can't remember. Yeah. Is it an anthurium? Um, no, 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 no. It's, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. I've got to think, got to think, got to think. It's a philodendron. Mm. Glorious. And I love it because it has really velvety leaves. Yeah, mm. love that. Yeah, really amazing. And there's a similar kind of one called uh, Splendid. Yeah, and and as you say, there is a lot of hybriding going on with these plants and they are rather unique. Uh, with their with their character of the the leaf and the veins and colorings and yes yes um, but I, I, I chose those because I again saw several people quoted as saying that they were the easier ones uh, to start yeah. off with mm. and I thought yes I'll give it a go and then of course it won't be long before I'll be seeking out all the weird and wonderful hybrids that are a bit fussier perhaps. Exactly. I've just started out on this journey, Steve, so God help me, but um, I'm, I, I'm quite addicted and I actually have to work to pay for this habit. That's where all my money goes onto plants. We are enablers here, <laughs> yeah, Steve. Yeah, it's shocking, you know, it's, but I can't, I can't stop and I can't be stopped. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's what I do. Mm. So I relate. Now, with the organic crop protectants, how, how are things going on that side of the fence? Oh yes, so my you know my day job. Type yes, you you got to pay for your yeah. habits too. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. Look, business is, is booming, um, yeah. which is great. Yeah. And uh, you know, I love that the cons- you know more and more consumers are seeking out organic solutions. Uh, yeah. I think it's extraordinary. So great, great on that front. I am busily working away on some projects. Um, I will release a product later in the year, but okay. I will not Can't talk tell about you it. what that is. All right, yeah. It's just a bit cruel because if I do, then people will start Looking for it. Me. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it won't be out until winter or maybe spring. I'm just waiting on some packaging solutions. Okay. Um, yeah, and then, of course, there's always projects in the background, which for these sorts of products, they can take forever. Yeah. You've got to have patience. Um but yeah, it keeps me out of trouble, keeps me busy. 
Um, and then I'm, I'm actually, when I get off the call today, I'm going to drive out to the edge of Sydney to the East Coast Rose Trial Gardens. So it's a newish setup where I'm one of the rose assessors oh. looking at new release roses. So, sorry, newly bred roses that haven't been released yet. So. Oh, I want your life. I want your life. Well, no, <laughs> just how wonderful is that? And are you going to Mifkus as well? Yes, I'll yeah. go to the Melbourne Flower Show. Yeah. Uh, I've got three days there. On the Thursday, I think I'm on stage doing a like a and a panel discussion. Fantastic. Um, but otherwise, I'm free to roam and check out all the plants and see what there is and be tempted. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, lucky yeah. you. So well, it sounds like you're living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> if I was living the dream, I'd be, you know, on acreage. Yeah. And I'd be, you know, have places filled with Understood. houses. And, yeah. yeah. But that's what we're like. We always want more space for more plants, don't we? Oh, we do. So when are you coming to WA, Steve? I don't know. I would love to come over, but I don't have any scheduled stuff this year um, unless unless work sort of springs something on me and I have to jump across. Well, that would be nice. Now, I've got acreage and I could give you a garden to our two shade houses and a hot house amongst other things <gasps> and two oh, acres of least. bush. Oh, that would be awesome. Mm. Actually, can I just add, when we were on the cruise, one of the, the group talks we did was, what's the future of Australian gardening? Yeah. And, mm. I mean, there's always that second guessing and whatnot, but there was one thing that when I was thinking about it before that I thought I, I wanted to kind of highlight today, and that's what I feel like is a, a little bit of maybe maturing of Australian horticulture or a a confidence in our own horticulture that I think yeah. is really interesting. And yeah. and it's like we've seen more and more about bush tucker foods mm. as an example of that, and I think that's amazing and exciting, but also more and more work with hybridising our natives and developing improved sort of cultivars, which I think is super exciting. And, you know, like those kangaroo paws, for example, all those cool colours that came out last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, it's like war. And then even not using natives, but looking at, say, um, Australian bread roses, for example. Um, and I just think it's a little bit of a sign of oh, no, an improvement in our horticulture world that we're not necessarily instantly looking to what Europe is doing or America. Exactly. I think that's a really strong point, Steve. Mm. Valuing mm. what we have on our own doorstep a little yeah, we're, bit more. We're growing up. Yeah. Yeah, love mm. it. Yeah, I mean, not to dismiss what the rest of the world has to offer, but just also being excited about what we're doing here. And I'm right. well, super right. keen about that. Yeah. Steve, we have, to, we have to shoot off, Squire. I have to go to a uh, sponsor bracket. It's been wonderful speaking with you. You inspire us very much, uh, full of envy, and uh, we'd love to chat to you again very, very soon. And certainly with this new product coming up for winter, I'd love to hear about that. Okay, all right, we'll chat then. But, yeah, lovely to chat to both of you, as all always. Right. Enjoy Thanks the rest of your, your day. Thanks for your time, Steve. Have a great day looking at those roses. Roses, yeah. yeah cheers, we'll cheers, do. Squire. Right. See you ladies. <laughs> Bye. Bye. 26 minutes after 9, 10 o'clock, uh, George Minoldi will be with you with the classic 60s. Now, straight out to Morley. Hi, John. Nice that you rang back. Thank you. Good morning. Can you hear me? We yes, sure can. We can. John, how can we help you? Yes. Well, what it is, I've got a plant that I never planted, and I only noticed it about oh, six, seven weeks ago. 
And the reason I never noticed it was because it was behind my uh, azalea. Now, since then, I've noticed another two growing up, and I've grew up very quickly mm. um, within that time. Otherwise, I would have noticed it. Now, it's a very thin um, stalk, and in uh, the time I've noticed it, one of them in particular has grew about a metre high. Whoa. It's got beautiful green leaves. Beautiful. And at first I was going to leave them in there, yeah, but someone mentioned that they'd seen it before and it's quite a noxious type of plant and I should get rid of it as quick as possible. Mm. Yesterday, if I could, type of thing. So, um, I don't know what to do about it. Someone said I would have to scrape the stalk and um, then apply uh, some stuff I've forgotten. I'm 88 years of age, so my memory isn't all that great. I'm not a gardener. My wife and my uh, son wear. They're not with me now. So I, I just thought I would phone you guys up and see if you could help me. Mm. Well, John, anything that grows quite quite quickly that you didn't plant, Never a good sign. potentially <laughs> a weed. And if yeah. someone has looked at it and told you that it's, a noxious weed mm. they probably know what they're talking about i yes. i guess at this stage you could probably pull it up by the roots you don't have to worry about poisoning it and just keep a lookout for any others that might be popping up a couple that spring to my mind are the swan plant which can uh, grow pretty readily uh, in moist conditions and um, yeah, good good to get rid of them before they do flower. That's for sure. Right. So you think it's going to be as easy as me digging down and pulling, trying to pull it up? Well, if it's tall and straight and a meter, and it hasn't been growing for very long, should be able to yank it, it out. It won't be mm, too. It, it won't be like a a fruit tree that you have to dig out. It'll be quite quite easy to get out. I wouldn't have any trouble by putting the shovel in and digging it up. All right. I hope that uh, the experts like yourself would have caught that uh, it's help me because whoever wants to go wrong in the, my garden will go, will go wrong. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. That's all right. Advice. Have been patient with me, and that's um, okay. And thank you for ringing back. And, yeah. And the sooner you do it, the better. Yeah. You know, sometimes we leave things, and they do just get harder to dig out. So, the sooner the better, John. I'll do that. Thank you again. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. And Brian of North Perth phoned in. Now, he's after a geranium pelagonium. This was on Gardening Australia last night. Faye and I didn't see the show. We're assuming last night. A white flower which was perfumed and he missed the name of it. He's asking us for help. We have got John onto it, but there's bound to be a gardening listener out there that knows exactly what we're talking about, a geranium forward slash pelagonium, uh, white flowered, perfumed. And he Other, was chasing the name. Otherwise, tomorrow at one o'clock, the show will be on again. Yeah, watch I'll it again. sit down and do my homework and report back next week, Brian. And it's often, yeah. And uh, Bill Gidgegannett was saying the Gardenia thunbergia is very hard to source in uh, his knowledge. 
Uh, he has tried striking and also from seed with no success. Uh, nurseries don't seem to carry it. So mm. it it should grow quite easily from cutting at this yeah, time of year. Yeah. Take a 12.5 centimetre tip cutting, mm. strip away the lower leaves, put them into some propagation mix, so something like uh, a potting mix doesn't have to have fertiliser in it, uh, some sand so you've got good drainage, keep it moist and give it some humidity so you might put a milk top over it or plastic bag or something, mm. make a little hot house, and you should have roots in about six weeks or so. To aid that, dip it in a hormone powder or even raw honey. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. All right, uh, Margaret is online. No, actually, we're going to go and speak to Karen. We haven't spoken to Karen for ages. How are you? Yes, good morning. I was just thinking the same thing. I haven't talked to her for a while. I've been so busy with, with just cleaning up and everything. Uh, oh, well, I've got lots of, lots of problems, as always. But one thing I'm really, really getting angry about is my passion fruit wine. It's green and flush, lush like like uh, the lady who was uh, sending you in a photograph, I suppose, or whatever you were talking yes, about yes. It before. But mine does not flower. It throws out lots and lots of runners all over the place, and it's it's thick and green, and I don't know what to do with it anymore. I watered it regularly. I gave it uh, potash. I gave it slow relief fertilizer. I don't know what I do. What I'm doing wrong? What variety is it, Karen? It's a Nelly Kelly. I mean, it is a few years old, but it is—it's growing. I cut it back, as, as you uh, suggested, uh, before uh, in in springtime, or if, yeah, the, I cut it, I cut it back pretty hard. But it's yep. so green, and it's—it covers the fence. And no, all right, Karen, more. can you please send me a photo, particularly of the leaf? I do want to make sure that it's not the rootstock that you've got growing. Um, uh-huh. It had it had at one stage it had flowers three years ago. Last year it had two flowers and no fruit, and this year is absolutely nothing. Mm, okay, so Nellie yeah, Kelly should. I'll send you some photos, but uh, yeah, that that would be a help. So the key is uh, full sun, plenty of water, uh, fertilizer, particularly in spring. Cut it back by a third in spring. Uh, I think you... I've done all that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the variety I me. I talk to it sometimes nicely and sometimes I curse it but it it doesn't make any difference all right of course not plant another one plant a sunshine special and cover your bases <laughs> yeah okay okay I do that thank you so much Thanks, and I send Karen. You, it will send you a photograph anyway just one question can I cut my garlic vine back it is it inside it's so much dead stuff or is it too, too early for that uh is it flowering now no no Okay, yes, I think you could cut it back. We'll particularly cut out all the dead stuff for sure. Yeah, that's what I want to know. So it's okay to do it now, not not today or tomorrow. When well, not, but in, on the cooler days. For anyone out there that's got dead stuff in their vine or bush, cut, cut out the dead stuff, tidy it up, deadhead. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, okay, great. Thank you so much and have a lovely day. Thanks, Nice Karen. to meet you. Thank you, by the Bye. way. <laughs> okay, good. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, and we're in Mundaring. Margaret, good morning. Oh, good morning, girls. Morning. Moss poles. Yep. Yes. Very interesting. Mm. Um, are they made of PVC piping, and would you use a 10 centimetre? Not really, no, Margaret. So a moss pole, um, you might have seen coir poles. They're used a, a lot uh, for the framework in the centre of 
indoor climbing plants these days. But a moss pole is actually pretty much sphagnum moss and it's held together inside something like gutter guard, for example. So you can make your own. Out of plastic and and a wire. That Mm. holds moisture Mm. and a lot of our aroids and or climbing plants will attach attach themselves with Mm. their aerial roots. So it's used to stabilise but also to maintain a little bit of humidity. Oh, so it's just the sphagnum moss inside the mesh, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. So what? Um, um, how how deep would you have it in your pot? Well, more deep so to stabilise the yes. the mesh stabilised. Yeah. Mm, like about six inches or something. Yeah. yeah. You could also use um like a a chicken wire. Mm. But that yeah. will rust out if you get the cheap chicken wire. Yeah, he did say mesh with one centimetre holes. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what what plants are suitable for this type oh, of um, climbing? Yeah, climbing plants. Philodendrons. Yeah. Mm, they love uh, a pole to run up. Oh, mm. If you go to the indoor, indoor plant section of any of the uh, garden centres or hardware stores at the moment, you'll find a range of plants. Sometimes even... Um, Things like the devil's ivy, common mm. devil's ivy, mm. pothos. You can train them. You, you have to tie them uh, to encourage them. But there's a lot of climbing plants. You could use ivy. Oh, it's quite endless. It's a bit addictive, Margaret. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that's lovely. Thanks so much for that, Pay. You're welcome. Enjoy. Take care. Have a lovely day, Margaret. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And I think it's time we gave away our $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees. And we've also, we'll give away uh, later in the morning, not too much later in the morning, mind you, uh, our five more double uh, entry tickets to the Mundaring Garden Festival, which is happening on March 5. However, this question, you will have to have your wits about you. Uh, This is another one of John's specials. You must be a Curtin FM and not to member, I should have said, uh, and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Now, Bigger Trees, specialising in glorious frangipanis, ornamental and fruit trees, fabulous stock arriving every week. And I believe John Glidden actually ventured up to Bigger Trees himself during the week and mm. was uh, suitably impressed. Uh, great amount of summer colour happening up there right now for you to go and have a look at. And they, they have fabulous homewares up there too and those must-have pots, etc. It's a pleasure just to stroll through the Bigger Trees nursery now you can check out their online options as well at biggertrees.com.au wonderful facebook page have a have a giz at that by you'll easily access the bigger trees facebook page uh when you type that in your search bar uh they're located up in pickering brook now the question is and this is a curly one in 1969 the councils sang the title song from the play hair that's going back to 1969. The Castles sang the title song from the play Hair. What three creatures live in the singer's hair? Okay, that's the question. Nine four eight four one nine two seven. What three creatures live in the singer's hair from the Castles song that was in the play Hair? Okay, so only John could come up with a question like yep. this. Okay, shall we carry on? Oh, Ray. Can I just share with you quickly? This is news in from the Garden Society's Fair. All from the high Susan, Susan Lansdowne has just sent me photos. 
saying it's on and there's all these beautiful hibiscus flowers and oh the hall is full of plants ready how, to go how lovely we'll be there absolutely and john actually brought me in and i have seen this quote before and it's uh it says i really only wanted to have 10 plants but if god wants me to have 20 then 40 it is (laughs) and that sort of really typifies summarizes you and i faye doesn't oh gosh it's bad isn't it goodness help us yes so i don't know where we go to from here well hey this week we had Valentine's Day and we went on a little bit of a double date, didn't we? we, we well, we really did. We went and saw Michael Barbaro yeah. at his house, which was just uh, lovely. And what a terrific guy and entertainer that he is. And we're going to go along and see him this Friday night coming. Uh, where is he? At the, at East? the East Fremantle Bowling Club. Yeah, and mm. just this guy's just, his voice is incredible. I know. And we had a look at his garden and Faye gave him a few tips here Oh, and, and you did too. And it was, uh, it was really lovely just to sit for a while, have a couple of drinks and... Uh, sit with uh, our boys and uh, have a chat with Michael as well. It was a very pleasant few hours, it was. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we don't do it often enough, do we? No, we don't. How lucky are our partners that we took them out for Valentine's Day? Right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'd be flat out getting a kick in the pants otherwise. Yeah, no. I did get some, what did I get? I got some vouchers or something and that, that they won't last very long with me. Mm. Everything burns a hole in my pocket. Yeah. So did you get into your garden this week? A little bit. I do I do bits and pieces because, as you know, uh, I'm a working girl and I do need to support my habits. And if you'd like to help me support my habits, you can always, and you have a, a business to advertise, you can always contact me, you know, um, ring the station and ask for Ray Burton and I can I can help you out. And uh, and uh, you're helping me out. I can go out and buy more plants. No, I'm just joking. That is all tongue-in-cheek. No, but it's true, isn't it? Because it is true. If you'd like your help so with you your business. all during the week. It is. And I sell curtain radio. I sell airtime. And if you'd like me to assist you in your business, uh, yeah, give us a call. And you can access my mobile as well on the website and you can go through the station. But make sure you ask for Ray Burton and I'm the female. There's two other Rays in the building. They're boys. Make sure you get the girl. Yeah. And uh, I'd love to work with you on your business. That's just what I do. And so if I'm not doing that, I do like to try and uh, get into my garden. And quite often it can be a bit of a mad dash. It can be after I've walked the dog at night and in between getting dinner sorted. I might be out there for half an hour later at night and I could be doing God knows what. So I try and do bits and pieces at the moment. Just even the mission of, as you know, hand watering and and keeping Mm. plants happy at this time of the year. That is a big job all on its own. But I tend to try and what I'm trying to do is set a task or two each day to do. There might not be big tasks, but I think, right, this is the job that I'm doing today. And it could be just planting a few things up, uh, repotting, so forth. I try and get a couple of jobs done every day. Otherwise, I'd never get anywhere. And of course, I look forward to the weekends because I can can just sort of wander aimlessly. And uh, I start on one job and then I end up doing another job and then that over there. And you know what it's like. We all know what it's like. One thing leads to another. Speaking of that, be back in a moment. And we're back. This is Let's Talk Gardening. Now, we do have a winner for our Bigotry voucher, Lynette from Made Vale. Good on you, Lynette. I believe you've been trying to win a voucher for ages. So that'll be on its way to you this week. And have fun with it and let us know what you do 
use it for, what you purchase with it. Uh, lucky you. So it was a uh, tricky question from John every now and then. A uh, harder one comes in to keep you on your toes. The question was, in 1969, the councils sang the title song from the play Hair. What three creatures live in the singer's hair? Well, I have to say straight up, that just curls my toes just thinking about creatures <laughs> living in anyone's hair. Uh, the answers are a home for the fleas, mm-mm, a hive for the buzzing bees and a nest for birds. There ain't no words for the beauty, the splendour and the wonder of my hair. So those are the answers. Fleas, bees and birds. Okay, I'm sure you're going to love that. Yes, I babe. do have a story I'll share with you later if there's time. Okay, we're in Menorah talking about Night Jasmine. Diana, hello. Oh, good morning. Have you heard of this uh, bush? Uh, possibly, but there's a couple that I think it could be. You wouldn't know the botanic name, would you, Diana? No, this is why I'm ringing you. It looks like a bush um, and... The flowers, they're in the daytime, they're not out. It's only at night and they're just like a little jasmine flower and the perfume is exquisite. But it grows like a bush and then into like a tree. Ah, okay. So what I do when this happens is I type night jasmine into Google. Then I bring up images um, yeah. So that gives me a range of things that I think I might be looking at. There is a night flowering jasmine that actually looks like a, a gardenia flower. There are also others that have long pendulous blooms yeah. known as night blooming jasmine. And they're actually, uh, the botanic name is Sestrum, C-E-S-T-R-U-M, night blooming jasmine. I've just written that down, Sestrum, and the other one is like a gardenia. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, I will Google that, and then I'll try and find a nursery that knows what I'm talking about. Do do you have the plant or you want the plant? No. No. One of my neighbours, I live in a village, one of my neighbours has got it outside their front door, and she just said, Look, all I know, it's called a night jasmine. Okay, so are the flowers pendulous? No, they're just like on an ordinary jasmine, uh, you know, creeper. Yeah. They just look like a small, it, it look, almost looks like the star jasmine. Yeah, it's, okay. it is called the Sestrum Nocturnum. So the word that Faye gave you, C-E-S-T-R-U-M, Nocturnum for nocturnal. The other thing that you could do... Are they saying is, it isn't a true jasmine? No, that's, that's mm. the, Funny the that. difficult thing about mm. it. If you were to take um, a flower and leaf to a nursery to get yeah. it identified, I think your your best chance might even be to, to grow from a cutting or layer or see if there's a sucker at the base of the plant. Right. I, I might see if I can get a cutting from them. But I just thought if I can buy a bush, mm, you know, sure. already established. But I just didn't know what to ask for. As I say, I rang Bunnings, but they didn't have any idea. Well, I'll try one of the other smaller nurseries. You Diana, know, can you send us a photo? No, I can't. Sorry. Okay. I'm, All not, right. I'm not very good at that sort of thing. All right. Um, well, yeah, the best bet is to take a piece to a nursery, get it 
properly identified so that you have the botanic name, then right. you know exactly what to ask for. And and try some of the other nurseries because they'll mm. come in at different times of the year and you can actually go on a, a wait list. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for your help. You're welcome, Diana. Good luck. Thank okay. You. Take Thank care. You. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Okay. I just think if she goes to a nursery and asks for a night jasmine, you know, you she may be um, led up the wrong yeah, garden path. Yeah, they're best path. off to look up the proper name and see mm. whether they actually have it on their books and whether it's something they can bring in or when it would be available. Yeah, not, not everything gets no. propagated by nurseries and no. certainly there's a lot of rare plants around the place. It was interesting what Steve was saying about the future of gardening and yeah. Um, how West Australians, you know, don't necessarily value what they've got. And yet mm. people from other countries flock move, move to, to our, our country to be close to it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more awareness. And uh, no, he, was, he's, he made a couple of poignant comments in amongst all the frivolity, actually. And uh, yeah, I like the fact that, yeah, we're standing on our own two feet, mm. Australia, and doing, doing our, own, our own thing, which is pretty damn good. I saw a map yesterday and the bottom southwest corner of Western Australia mm. has 50% of Australia's biodiversity yeah, which is in huge. this pocket yeah. alone. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. We need, we need We're to. very blessed. Yes, we are. Now, what I was going to say, you wanted to tell me something? Oh, the... What was in the hair? Well, once Ooh. upon a time in another life, we ran a service station and yeah. one of our driveway boys had dreadlocks. Oh, I'm not keen. Yes, carry on. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there, there, I don't. Yeah. One night, something crawled out of his hair. Dear God. And yeah. it turned out to be a redback that had set up home there. <gasps> the dreadlocks came off very quickly after that. I bet they did. Mm. Like shaved straight off. A redback crawled out of his hair. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's lucky that it, if it was the female, he might have been. John in a bit of started it, didn't he? He, he certainly <laughs> did start it. Um, now let me see. Barbara from Chewett Hill, I assume, bought her Gardenia thunbergia through a catalogue quite a few years ago from Sydney. Yeah, mm. look, that's another possibility mm. to get it that way. You know, maybe from seed even. Google yeah. is your friend. Yeah, yeah. If you can <laughs> it, Google, it can give us all yeah. the answers, can't yeah, it? If you, if you can mm. Google now. Uh, the lines have been closed and that is because we do need to give away our next uh, allotment. We've got five double entry tickets to go to the Kalamunda Garden Festival at which Faye Akaro will be chatting and the event is on the March the 5th between 10 and 3 at Sturk Park. It's going to be a massive event mm. and these entry tickets uh, will be fabulous help get you through the door. Nine four eight four one nine two seven five doubles to give away. And I can see the lines are already lighting up. Go for it, guys, uh, and enjoy. We'll be back in a moment. Only a few minutes left of Let's Talk Gardening. Faye's uh, very busy there. Uh, what did you discover? I'm working, right? I know you are. Yep. I know you are. Well... We received another email from Kay and she sent in a photo of a, what looks like a bean plant. But she said, hi, ladies, I bought this plant for a fish pond mm. uh, for koi and goldfish. I was told it was called dragon's tongue. When I checked on the Internet, the plants there don't look like this. 
and those plants say they're toxic. Would you be able to clarify this? Well, John's done some research for us, Kay, and the plant that that it looks like you've got is also known as lizard's tongue, and this was found uh, at the Fish and Lily Farm in Woodvale. Oh, yes. It's a perennial. It likes full sun to part shade, grows to about 60 centimetres, prefers shallow water, has long tufted white flowers resembling a fox-like lizard tail, and it goes dormant during winter so don't be surprised if it disappears uh in in winter time when the weather goes cool the flowers to me what looks interesting is the white flowers are probably open at night time which would attract night flying moths mm. and of course that is food for the frogs so mm. a great great plant by the look of it to have in an ornamental fish pond. Thank you, Faye. And Let's Talk Gardening today was sponsored by Garden in a Bag. Free delivery and a free bag of your product when buying six bags or more. Okay, I can let you carry on. We have another five minutes. Right, what to do in the garden this week? Well, Mm. you know, with the cooler nights and the warm days, the plants almost look like they're breathing a sigh of relief. I am. But water is still running off the soil. And, Mm. you know, if you've only got a little bit of time to get out in the garden, go out and do a bit of deadheading. Don't forget your closed-in shoes because accidents can very easily happen. You're big on that today. Is there a reason for that? (laughs) Well, no, not really. But it did happen to me once in the past where, you know, I stepped out the back door, threw on my thongs, picked up the secateurs and started trimming. Yeah, I do it barefoot. Dropped the secateurs. Well, you know, there's nothing nothing more annoying than having to have a trip to the doctor or hospital to get stitches when you could be wasting when you're wasting gardening time. Yeah, no. Sometimes like for example, if I pad about the house barefoot, I'd step out to get something and then I see something and I pick up and we all do this we pick up the secretaries and just go snip snip mm. because it's something it, it wasn't a deliberate um, you know it wasn't premeditated you just tend to do things uh, off off the cuff I do well yeah. and so, it was yeah, only last week that we mm. told of Esther's story um, Being she by wasn't snake. even gardening she yeah. just went out and moved the bins and got bitten by a snake so, yeah yeah for goodness sake so yeah, yeah so be, it's a timely reminder if you're going out and you are going to be active in the garden um, mm. yeah just yeah. The critters are amongst us. Beware. Yeah, okay. And what about vegetable planting? What would we be thinking about mid, mid-February? Think, yeah, we're, we're still sort of on the verge. Yeah. Um, the summer gardens are probably looking a bit tired. The powdery mildew might be creeping into yeah. the zucchinis. Uh, it's probably a good time to do a little bit of a tidy up there. Freshen up your mix. Like, mm. look at what the soil's like. Prepare. Mm. Chuck in a a green manure crop that you can dig in in a month from now. Mm. Certainly start uh, seed sowing for your next crop. So that might mean getting one of the coir blocks or seed raising mix from your your store and getting your seeds started ready to plant out in another six weeks or so. So I think preparation for now, Ray. Okay. All right. Well, I think... We are going to wind up the show a couple of minutes early, which is nice. You know what? I can see that the phone lines are very busy. So Bev is doing her thing on the other side of the window. I would say that we have our quota of uh, winners for the five double passes to the Kalamunda Garden Festival. 
So we will give away 10 more doubles next week along with our bigotry gift voucher. So, okay. It's been a lovely morning. It's been a busy morning, uh, as it always is. Thank you for your company. Thanking Bev Daring and John Glidden. Uh, magnificent support to us behind the scenes and all week long, I might add. And thank you, Faye Caro. Thank you, Ray. George Minoldi is next with the classic 60s. And my gardenism for the morning is How Lovely is the Silence of Growing Things? Mm, I've been watching the grass grow this week. I top dressed <laughs> my new lawn. And oh. it's. I can stand there and just Literally hand water and watch, it watch the leaves yeah. come up. Isn't that beautiful? It is. And mm. it's green and it's lush. You know, a little bit of wetting agent and a little tickle of fertiliser, a little bit of water and whoosh. Yeah, isn't it amazing? Magic happens. Life is good. Okay, everyone, happy gardening. Take care of yourselves. And, oh, just a moment. This what was that, Bev? Night jasmine. If the lady who's listening wants the night jasmine, she, oh, can, yeah. she can get a cutting from this lady. Vicky of Gwellup has got a night jasmine if the lady who was after one was interested. We've got the number here if she wants to call back. Okay, so if you give us a call back, 94841927, we have a cutting for you. Love our listeners. Okay, everybody, take care. Happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.